Hello, I'm Tom Lyons and welcome to this edition of the Irish Times Inside Business and Technology podcast. Uh, this week I went to the Investec Bank annual investment conference where I met technology entrepreneur Ray Nolan, who told me about his views on where to put your money and where he thinks are the hottest investment sectors. I began by asking him what companies he's particularly excited about at the moment. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm not a professional investor. I find, I find good companies and I back them, but it's not, it's not my core business. So I have, you know, I have an interest in, in real commerce more so than, sort of, let's say, the more vapor end of the world. So I'm not trying to move the world towards a new social media platform. I'm much more into facilitating commerce or disrupting businesses that are inefficient in some way. So um, people like Data Hug, I like people like, obviously, Storyful, I like um, anybody who's taking significant manpower out of a process uh, tends to be where I like. And you're an, an investor in Skyscanner, which is, you know, allows people to locate you know, the best value sites. Uh, that's had a recent investment recently by Sequoia. Can you tell me a little bit about that deal and what first interested you in that company? Well, my history with Skyscanner goes back a long way. I tried to buy them years ago for uh, when I when I owned well when I ran Sky or Hoster World. They were they were a very complimentary business to us in terms of flying people to get people to stay in hostels. Um, they're a phenomenal company. That there there's no doubt that there's you know multiple billions value in there somewhere. Um, and Sequoia saw it and, and invested in the company, and, and I think it'll go very well. It's, it's the number one independent flight search company in the world. Uh, it's probably probably facilitating, you know, seven eight billion dollars worth of flight bookings as it stands right now. The beauty is for the customers; they don't pay a cent towards Skyscanner. It, it directs you to the airline site, so it helps you find it, uh, helps you find the best flight, and then and then um, off you go and you book with the airline itself directly, and you pay no commission to anybody. Ray, you were an early investor in Mark Little's Storyful, which was sold recently to Rupert Murdoch. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that a tough one to sell out of, or did you think it was the right time to, to let go? Uh, Mark's a phenomenal guy, and it's a, it's a really, really clever business. I think that the reality is it's a tough place to build a company like Storyful in Ireland. Um, it's not the center of the media industry, and therefore... Uh, there aren't a lot of ad agencies. It's one thing to have the content, which which Mark creates and sources and finds and does a brilliant job of around the world. It's another thing attaching an advert to the side of that content in the same way as newspapers have a problem with free sheets and the web and all that kind of stuff. It's who, who owns the advert is the guy. So if you are storyful and you're getting uh, some revenue that is already part shared by Google for AdWords or for pre-roll video, you're getting the butt end of the ad deal. Whereas if you're closer to a media company like News Corp who have their own ad contracts, it makes real sense for for Mark. And it also, you know, he's going to be the next AP. So it's 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 a phenomenal play. I wish that, that Ireland had a had a, a way of sustaining that business as it could grow, but it, it didn't have it. So it was it was a good thing for Mark, good thing for the staff, good thing for Ireland Inc. But it's not the business. It, it would be beyond the bounds of reality to suggest that you could build Storyful without a partner like like uh, News Corp out of Ireland. It's just not a not not a place you can find the talent. Not a place you can find the advertising. There's, there's three million, four or five million people on the on the island. 
not enough people. And do you think that that's a problem that a lot of Irish startups face, Ray, which is just that the indigenous market is very small and that they really need to get out there to Silicon Valley or London or wherever it might be uh, pretty early on? Well, Ireland's not a marketplace, full stop. So that's, you know, they're just a not enough people. If I sold everybody in Ireland a, a, an ice cream, I'm not going to be a rich man. That's just fact. So and I think Irish startups realise that. I mean, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't build a business and, and, and do much with it in Ireland. A lot of people will say, well, I'll try Ireland, I'll try my local market. But you know what? It's not, a, it's not a sane market. It doesn't behave like a proper market. It's too small. We're all practically related. So the decision I make may not be the same as the one I'd make if I was in London or Manchester or, or Birmingham or wherever, not just by virtue of scale, but just by virtue I'm not related to you. I don't dislike you or like you, and, and I have a, a broader uh, offering in terms of other people selling me the product that you're selling or, or um, just a broader audience worldwide. So... In reality, I'd, I'd like to think now our startups focus on Ireland. I'm sure if you're a retailer, yes, but if, you are, if you're in the web or international commerce business, you get out there as quickly as you possibly can. So I know nobody who focuses on Ireland. And Ray, you're also involved in Ultimate Rugby with Brian O'Driscoll, who's playing his uh, final game uh, this weekend. Uh, do you think that he's going to become more involved in that business now? Uh, and w- what are your hopes for it? Well, I hope so. I mean, I have a lot of time for Brian. He's a, he's a great guy. And, he's, you know, that a lot of the characteristics of great leadership in business are the same as the ones that you have in great leadership on a rugby pitch. You know, he takes hits. I think I think the most of the entrepreneurs out there take hits on behalf of their teammates. So, yes, uh, I don't, I'm not going to comment on his personal situation, what he wants to do. I, I would... You know, I hope and I'm, I'm, I'm assured that he is going to spend some more time in Ultimate Rugby. And, and he should because it's good for him and it's, it's, a, it's a good segue into you know, business and using his, his obvious leadership skills in another, in another way. And Ray, what's your view on you know, the valuations for tech companies? Do you think that in some cases, like with the WhatsApp deal, that things are getting a, a little bit out of control or getting very overheated? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think, you know, you, you, everybody refers back to the old dot-com bust. That's, this is a different world of dot-com. You, you've, got, you've got real transactions happening, people spending real money to achieve real things. Not, you know, it's not spooky, the valuations. It's, you know, you've, you've got very sane valuations in terms of even against bricks and mortar businesses for some of the dot-coms that are out there. So, no is the short answer. They're not overheated. I think WhatsApp has, has a, an amazing potential. Um, you know, it's a great strategic move by, by Facebook. Um, you know, if you can buy another X hundred million users onto your platform and broaden its its width and, and add a, a new feature set to it, bring it. You know, I think it's a great buy. At the end of the day, it was 10% of the market cap of Facebook. So it was a big punt, but the right punt. And just finally, Ray, um, I mean, you look at a, a lot of businesses, you talk to a lot of startups, uh, what is it that interests you in the ones that you choose to invest in? Well, it's always the people, I suppose, but uh, that's kind of run its role. I, I think that the the breadth and the the depth of the market that it could hit. So if you've got a guy who's, who's very much one trick and it's, it's a kind of a vapor product, I'm going to run, keep running. If it's one that appeals to a broad market segment, has broad international appeal, maybe not a lot of competition, maybe no competition, um, 
but equally, you know, if it's, if it's parallel to another business, there's a logical buyer, you know, in a few years' time, then it, that's a bit more exciting. The real risk for, for a, an angel, super angel, even VC-level person, is that you're stuck as a small shareholder in a company that's going nowhere or that is not going to sell because you, you get into business to get out of them. As an investor, there's no point in me saying I own 10% of that company if it's never going to sell. So it needs to find an exit. So I look for something that is not going to be torturing me in 10 years' time. And while at the Investech conference, I also spoke with Gervais Williams, a managing director of the Mighton Group. He's best known to Irish investors for his 17 years with the Gartmore Group, where he's a backer of many different Irish PLCs. I began by asking him what were his key messages for the attendees at the Investec conference. I think the thing which I'm trying to get over is I think we're going through a period of extraordinary change. You know, the credit boom is now well and truly passed. We have got quantitative easing on, but irrespective of the fact that markets are quite close to new highs, we're seeing uh, major trends changes. Really, for the last 25 years, we've been borrowing growth from the future. Larger companies are really struggling to get growth in this growth hangover. And so we're seeing new trends coming through. Most specifically, we're seeing greater interest in the fact that smaller businesses don't find it easy to grow, but can often grow irrespective of the economy at large. And it's that change in trend, which I think is catching a lot of people unaware. And Gervais, you mentioned in there that uh, you've taken a stake in one or two Irish companies. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about which Irish companies and why you're interested in them? Yes, I mean, we have a holding in in Fives, of course. Fives is a bananas business, well-known. Got a very strong market position, generates a lot of cash. We like cash and cash generation, good and growing income. It's paying a good and growing income. Of course, just in the last couple of days, it's announced this deal with Chiquita. Uh, It's making a major change in the the group. It's a a very exciting opportunity with cost savings to come through. Makes them as probably the largest company in the world in in a lot of fruits. Um, So that's an example. We also have a holding in DCC as well, which has also done extremely well. Again, look at the record. What a superb business over the long, long term and the short term. And when you look at your overall holding, though, I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's 90% or certainly the vast majority of it is, is in the UK. Yeah. I mean, would you have concerns for the Isaac here in Dublin that it's just not as attractive to investors as, as the bigger exchanges? Yeah, I, I don't think I'm finding disadvantages. What's actually happened, of course, is a lot of the companies which used to be... Uh, primarily listed in Ireland have moved to the UK. So, for example, one of our largest holdings has been Greencore. It's been a very exciting company, but now it's classified as UK. It's still an Irish company, of course, but it's actually classified as UK. So we've got a lot of companies like that, which have been formerly principally Irish companies, but are now classified as UK companies. And Gervais, you were here, uh, you've been an investor in Ireland a long time. I mean, you were here before the Celtic Tiger. Mm-hmm. You're here during the Celtic Tiger. I mean, yeah. And you were here during the bust. I mean, what do you think are the key lessons you've learned or, or you've, you've seen as, a, as an investor in Ireland over that time? I think what's been remarkably impressive is that so the, the Irish uh, nation has actually, under, you know, it's had a terrible time. But, but you collectively have really uh, taken it on the chin and just got on with it, uh, a bit like the US guys. So I think you're getting through the hangover, the, 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 the legacy of all of this boom so much quicker than many of the other European countries, which means that you're going to be in so much better position going forward to find ways of growing, of finding ways of creating employment, of finding ways of being successful, irrespective of the fact that internationally we're all in a bit of a a difficult spot at the moment with very little growth internationally. I also spoke with Alistair Mundy, Head of Value Investing at Investec Asset Management. 
he manages two different funds with several billion pounds in each. He'd been quite negative in his assessment of how things were going at the conference, and I asked him to explain why. Yeah, I think there were two reasons, really. First of all was valuations. We were, we're very concerned that stock markets have been very, very strong in the last five years and valuations are very high, um, most of all in the US market, but also in, in most of the other major stock markets of the world. So that was problem number one. Problem number two is we think we're still in the middle of a global financial crisis. There's a huge amount of debt in the world, um, and relative to the size of the global economy, that debt is very worrying. And the, the consequence of the newfangled policies which are, are trying to get us through this financial crisis are what we think worrying and we, none of us know what those consequences are but we think very little attention is being paid to them. And Alistair, you described the world's central banks as like being children with uh, chemistry sets. Can you explain what exactly you meant there? Yeah, I was, I was really saying that um, we haven't really tried out these policies before um, in public and um, no one's really sure how they're, how they're going to turn out. And I, I compared central bankers to going, uh, going to Toys R Us, buying a chemistry kit and going home and playing with it in the garden shed. They might have a good time or the garden shed might end up on fire. And um, we're playing for very, very big odds here. And the confidence of central bankers in the, their belief if they're doing the right thing is, I think, rather worrying. And would you be concerned, Alistair, that there hasn't been enough of a clear out? I mean, we've seen, you know, the, the, the heads of banks, uh, you know, they've resigned often with big payoffs. But has there been enough clear out in terms of the regulators and in, in terms of the central banks, uh, you, you know, since, since the bust? Um, I'm, I'm not really here to, to point blame at people. I, th I think you know we, we're just trying to sort of make money for our, for our investors. Um, I think it, it's interesting. Bankers seem to have taken a lot of the pain, if you like. Um, but you know they, they were regulated then, and um, they, they were clearly given too much freedom. I guess now the regulators are catching up with them and trying to make sure it doesn't happen again in future. It'll be interesting to see whether, perhaps in hindsight, they think that they might have tightened up too much on them. And Alistair, you spoke there about your concerns about debt, your concerns about central banks printing too much money. Mm -hmm. I mean, where do you think investors should go in scenarios like that where there, there seems to be quite a lot of uncertainty? Yeah, I, I think um, it, it's interesting because investors are always encouraged by the, sort of their advisors to be doing something um, because I guess the advisors you know, have got to come up with a trick for them to justify their, their fees. Um, but at the moment, you know, there's an argument that equities are very expensive and there's also an argument that bonds are expensive. And, and our solution really at the moment, it's not an attractive solution uh, short term, is that, is that cash is quite possibly the most attractive asset because if you've got cash, then you're able to spend it other times when people panic. And we're just saying we think there will be far more attractive opportunities than now um, to, to become fully invested in the stock market. And Alistair, do you have a view at all of the Irish banks? I mean, is that a place which, that you would invest? Do you think that that's still a place that is, is just too risky? Yeah, in general, we've, we've avoided um, banks worldwide. Um, and uh, we, we haven't spent a lot of time to be, to be looking, looking at Irish banks, um, to be honest. And, you know, when you're in London and you're talking to your colleagues over there, I mean, what is the general outlook towards Ireland? I mean, do you think it's become much more positive and is that a view you share? Um, there's certainly a lot more positivity towards Ireland. We've, we've, we own quite a few Irish stocks in the portfolio. We've got Kingspan and Grafton and we've also bought uh, Green Property REIT recently, which is investing in, um, in Irish commercial property. Um, a, a lot of the Irish stocks we've had, are, um, you know, the, the Kingspans of this world are, are international companies, really. Um, there's definitely sort of we're seeing sort of there's improving sentiment, I think, about Ireland. Um, it's, the question for us is how much of that sentiment is already discounted in share prices. And what do you like about green property in particular, Alistair? Um, well, just the Irish property values have fallen an extraordinary amount. Uh, green property has, uh, comes from, um, is being managed by um, 
people with a, a proven track record in that area and picking up properties at, at very, very attractive yields and, and attractive properties as well. And that's it for this week's show. It was produced by Sinead O'Shea. Sound engineer was James Davis. I'm Tom Lyons. Thanks for listening.